The U.S. is going to hell in a handbasket, and we're going to talk about it. Coming up on The Right Wing Vegan. Welcome back, welcome back to the Right Wing Vegan. I'm Scott. And I'm Kelly. And I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> uh, I don't know where to begin. It's uh, it's man, oh man. You know, I feel like every week we start this podcast off and I say, it's crazy. Everybody's crazy. The world's crazy. And I swear every week we just get crazier and crazier. So it's like every week I'm going to start it off with, we're crazy, and the world is crazy, the U.S. is crazy, everything is just nuts. Would you disagree with me, Kelly, that everything is absolutely, utterly insane right now? I cannot disagree with that. It is. It is insane out there. So, I don't... Let's do the plugs. I'm going to get these... No, Kelly, what? I would like you this week, oh, no. since, since everything is topsy-turvy in the world... Let's let's have Kelly do the plugs this week. Let's see so if Kelly... I remember. Okay, no. so you can follow us on Twitter at at our, our oh shoot at vegan wing. You already messed up. I know. Yep. At okay. vegan wing on Twitter. You can email us at rwvegan at gmail dot com, and yep. you can go to our website rwvegan dot com. That's right. Go to the website because it's awesome, and we put a lot of love and tender care. Into the website. That, and it has your uh, Twitter updates oh, on there. That thing has probably been on fire On lately, fire, because you've been, uh, have been having a Twitter war with people. No, I've just been bad. I mean, I talk about this every week, too, but I just do my thing on Twitter. That's what I do. But you can see all of his posts on there. You can and see all my posts on the website. They're pretty hilarious. And follow me. Follow me on Twitter. I, I've gotten some weird followers lately, so uh, follow me. Because I need more normies. More normies? Normies. I need some normies to follow me because I get a lot of weirdos. So some normies would be nice. Anyways. Okay. Um, So this week we're going to talk about kind of how things are just nuts. And that's going to be the topic this week. So no news because the news is, honestly, it can all be summed up into everything is crazy and the world is crazy, the U.S. is crazy, and there's a lot to talk about, a lot to unpack with it. So the goal of this this uh, this week is, and I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna promise everyone out there in uh, podcast land, wherever you're at right now, I'm gonna promise you that I'm going to try not to dominate this this episode. But you probably will. But I, I probably will. And so, you know, that's okay. You're, yes. you're quite a bit more passionate than I am. Your, so. your job is to rein me in. You have two jobs this, this episode. Okay. The first job is to rein me in and make sure that you can talk. That I don't try and dominate the conversation. So that means I actually have permission to no, kind of elbow no, don't, you. Don't and... elbow me. Don't kick me like you did last week or whatever you did. <laughs> don't do that. What I'd rather you do is just... Uh, I, you know what? I'll just make a conscious effort to ask questions versus just blurt. No, I mean, well, I can I can butt in when I want to. You can butt in. I just I tend to ramble. You do. Um, but anyways, 
So that's number one. Number two is to make sure that I don't get so angry that I cuss or that I don't get so angry that I just get up and walk away. So because I can reach over and touch your arm yes, and calm you down. Yes, because here's the reality of the situation, folks. And I'm going to be honest with you. If you are like me, and I'm assuming you are because you're listening to this, so you're either hate listening to this or you're like me, then you are really, really, really mad right now. You're really mad because mm-hmm. you are tired of people calling you names like normal but you're also tired of being blamed for violence okay because you're you're probably a good person with a nice family and you probably believe in god and you probably try and live a good life and you have all of these these people who are actually partially responsible uh throwing blame your way so we're going to talk about all that but i want to make sure kelly gets in so that's why i wanted to start with that so kelly i'm going to ask you i'm going to start this conversation off with a question. Oh, no. Okay. Would you say that the majority of your friends are liberal or conservative? Um, I think I've discussed this on a previous episode, but I don't talk about politics with my friends. But I can tell you that I know at least one of them is Democrat or liberal um, and is actually a Bernie supporter. And I can tell you that another one of them is leans more conservative i don't know if they actually are conservative um so it's pretty 50 50 but i will say like of the people i work around most are liberal the way you made that sound it's like you have two friends um well i i have three you have more than three three (laughs) friends okay um yeah i'd say that's probably about about normal i i think the majority of people probably are in um in a similar situation i think i think the majority of people have you know about half 50 50 i think the majority of people have half their friends are probably conservative and half their friends are probably liberal yeah which goes to match the american landscape it's pretty divided 50 50 50 50 right but they get along everybody gets along right yeah for the most part i would say so so that's not how the country is right now not at all (laughs) okay we you know it's very interesting because there, you know, when, when you're a collective group of people, okay, you're going to have different people who have different beliefs. And normally that's okay because normally there are a few things that you as a, a group can, can, can unify around. Yeah. Okay. So you have, maybe you have a group of friends and your group of friends, maybe you're all not Catholic. Okay, maybe one of you is Catholic, maybe one of you is uh, is a Methodist, maybe one of you is Jewish, maybe, you know, whatever, okay? You have a group of friends with different religious ideas and beliefs, and I would say that's probably true of your group of friends as yeah, well, correct? Yeah, yeah. Mine, mine too. Um, so I just, I think that's normal too, right? But you guys can unify around certain things. Yeah. So even though you have different political beliefs, you have different religious beliefs, you don't watch all the same TV shows. No. no. You don't all engage in the same activities outside of work. Nope, not you at all. You have a lot of differences. Uh-huh. But you yet are somehow able to coexist, and not only coexist, but get along as friends. Yeah. Right? To the point where we want to hang out with each other outside of, of work or normal activities. Like, we want to go have girls' night and things like yes, that. Yes, you enjoy each other's company. Yeah. Um. I would say me too. I I would say that's similar to me, right? All of my friends, we have different beliefs. We have different um, ideas of what's fun. We have different uh, 
goals even in life. I mean, we have similar life paths, but different. some of us have different goals, and that's okay. We all somehow seem to make it work, and I would say the same thing about coworkers. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, but, but your office is typically the best example of diversity in the United States because you, when you're working on a project with a team or you're working on a goal with a group of people, you never really care about what color those people are or what those people believe. You, you never focus on that. It's no. always, can we get the job done? And you work together pretty well to get the job done as well as you can. Yeah. I mean, there's a big disagreement. There are personality but it's just, disagreements, yeah. but it's never because a black person is in the room and because a white person is in the room. Uh, yeah. No, it's more of like work productivity and... Think, uh, work performance stuff along that line so my question is if this is everyone's experience and i'm going to assume that for the majority of people this is their experience because i'm a pretty normal person yeah and i would say that you are a pretty normal person yeah i mean i would agree you're a normie <laughs> i'm a normie all of our friends are normie everyone i work with is a, is a normal person i mean i don't know how weird they are on their off time but yeah. whatever okay so why is it that when I turn on the news or when you turn on the news or when I go on Twitter, I'm presented with a different world than the world that I live in? And that really, it makes no sense to me because walking around in my daily life, everything that I do on a daily basis, you don't see these sort of things. Like I can go to work, I can stop at six different places on my way home and I can drive home and never see these these scenarios that people or the news is outlining you never see that so it's like it, it's like the the news is just perpetuating this thing that doesn't exist because i never see it so this leads me to the two mass shootings that occurred over the weekend okay one in dayton and one in uh el el paso yes Text, thank you, <laughs> because I was about to say the wrong city. Um, El Paso, Texas. Two very different shootings, okay? Two very different people. Yes. Who committed the crimes. Yes. Both of which have different political beliefs. Yes. Both of which have different ideologies, but both of which used the same type of weapon to commit the crime. I say that because I want to examine this thing as a whole, because the question that, that Kelly and I hope to answer today is why is it that this is happening? Now, let's take a step back. Shootings happen all of the time. Yeah, they do. In Chicago, there were something like 55 shootings over the weekend. You know, X amount of people died. But the news didn't cover this, of course, because mm -mm. it's regular because Chicago, this is like the norm. Okay. And, and maybe that's where we start is examining these these areas where this is the norm. Typically run by Democrats. I'm just going to say it because it's true. Um, Chicago has been run by Democrats for a long time. Chicago is one of the most corrupt cities in the United States of America. Chicago is downtrodden. Los Angeles, run by Democrats, downtrodden. An incredible homeless problem. Baltimore, run by Democrats incredible drug problem city is in ruins there's a there's a commonality between these threads but but i'm not even gonna go there for this episode because what i want to do is i want to look from a higher level at why these happen why why is it that in 2019 and really ever since columbine 
these mass shootings are happening. And I want to do this because I think that there are many reasons why. But I think that we are focusing on some of the wrong things. Yeah. Okay. And, and I think we've been doing this for years and years and years and years. And we've never really, as a country, for, for various reasons that we will get into, we've never really taken a step back and tried to, A, look at why the deeper-seated reasons that this is happening. Why are these people like this? Why, why do we resort to violence? And we never really look at how do we fix it. You know, we blame. We're really good at blaming. But I think that kind of ties into our real lives as well. And we'll get into a little bit of that too. But I want to start by examining two other things that have happened this week. Um, that are a result of the climate and the culture that we live in. The first is Senator Mitch McConnell. So, you know, when these things happen, the first thing that everybody does is they blame guns. It's it's without fail. Okay, I think after Columbine, it was actually Marilyn Manson, but it's usually guns. We go after guns. Yeah, because the guns are totally the ones pulling the trigger. But it's not only guns. We've been going after video games. We've been going after guns, TV, all of that, okay? All these inanimate objects, all of these things, whatever. So because of this, you know, the country gets all passionate about gun control, you know, typically for a few weeks after these things happen. And, you know, there was a group of protesters who were standing outside of Mitch McConnell's house. They were standing outside of his house protesting because they want him to pass gun legislation. And they were chanting things that basically saying that Mitch McConnell should die. He needs to die. We need to kill him. Um, and and I, I want to bring that up. I want to highlight that because I also want to highlight another incident. This one involves walking, walking. I don't know if it's walking. I'm, I'm going to assume it is because it's spelled like the actor's name. Castro, a representative, a member of Congress who posted a list on Twitter of donors. Now, these are these are donors that had maxed, right? There's a limit to how much you can donate to a political campaign. That's to prevent corruption. Um, but these these were 44 donors from his district. That's important. That had donated the max amount to Donald Trump's campaign, plus where they work. So I'll call this what this is. It was a hit list. He posted a hit list on Twitter. Twitter did not take this down because, of course, this is not a threatening in any way. We know there aren't crazies out there on Twitter. Anybody who's been on Twitter for five seconds knows that I just lied. There are millions of crazies on Twitter. Yeah. So he posted this list, and then now he's trying to, like, defend it, you know. And Rashida Tlaib is also defending it. There's a few other people who are defending it. Defending it how? They're saying that all right-wing conservatives are responsible. Not at all. But that's what they're saying. And that's the narrative. And and you know that because you've seen all these Democratic presidential candidates on TV talking about how right-wing candidates, right-wing, not even candidates, right-wing conservative Americans are implicit in this because... They support Trump, who is a racist, who is the cause of all this. It's just their logic. It just does not make sense to me well, at let's, all. It's just one plus one does not equal 10 here. So let's let's start there. The left, these people, not the whole left. I, I hate that. I hate that we do that. that. That's another problem. 
when I say the left or when they say the right, and I'm guilty of it. Everybody's guilty of it. You generalize. We generalize. And that's problem number one with this country, right? Is we lump everybody into categories and then we try and we try and, and apply things to the entire category that may not be true. Not all left wing people um, support uh, illegal immigrants coming into the country. No. Not all left-wing people uh, support socialist health care, okay? Not all left-wing people are crazy, okay? Mentally ill. Some are. Um, some right-wing people are mentally ill. It, it, it's, it's, it's a huge problem that we generalize. And the narrative that the left... Okay, I did it again. The narrative that these individuals are trying to push is that Donald Trump's verbiage, his words, and his racism are the reason that the this killing happened. No. And they're using this killing, and this is where I'm going to get angry, but they're using this killing. The, Which one? El Paso, of course. El Paso. They don't want to talk about Dayton because that guy supported Elizabeth Warren. But, the, you know, but, the, but we don't do that. No. We don't blame Elizabeth Warren for these killings because we are logical and reasonable and we under and truth, we tell the truth. So we understand that she is not to blame for this. The culture is to blame for this, but she is not to blame for this. Um, so they want to blame Donald Trump and they want to blame all of his supporters. So they defend posting that list by saying all these people are guilty. All these people deserve for their businesses to be to go out of business if they're business owners. They deserve to be harassed. These people are murderers. It's just sad. It's just not true. It's not true. And it's awful. It is absolutely utterly awful and disgusting and i can't believe and that's what got me thinking about the culture that we live in today because everything is venomous everything is political i'm as guilty of it as anybody else everything is political right yeah and it never used to be that way i don't think it did and now it's just like you're this or you're that, and that's the only category that can define you. And and honestly, because of that, X applies to you. So if, and it, I, again, I don't even want to say that all, there isn't a sane person in this world who wouldn't tell you that white supremacism is bad. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely bad. And we have no place for it in the United States of America. Any sane person would tell you that all racist thoughts and feelings are bad and there's no place for that type of that type of ideology in the united states of america trump even came out and said that he said that and they're still on the news saying trump needs to 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 denounce this he did and then they say well that's not enough i don't accept his his denouncement what else do they want from him? Exactly. Because it doesn't matter. They really don't want him to do They really just it. want him to step down and say, I don't want to be president anymore. Like that, that's, that. that's what they want from him. And I don't understand. Oh, I understand the, why. It's a game. Oh, I know it's a yeah, game. It's a political but, game. But they, they, they sit there and they say, well, we want him to go up and denounce this. And then he does it and it's still not good enough. Like it just, it. okay, well, what do you want? That's the thing. They don't want him to denounce it. And then when he does, they say, well, no, 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 no. He's giving them what they want. And they're like, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. They it's want, not good enough. They want him to You're go still up there a racist. You're still awful. This is still your fault. And that's 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 a really terrible, terrible thing to do. And and the fact that we've sunk this low, you know, that we're 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 willing to call the other side racist, we're willing to call the other side murderers because we disagree with them, really goes to show you how disgusting these people are. 
And I'm going to go even further to say that if Trump is guilty, so are they. If Trump is guilty of inspiring this type of behavior, then Bernie Sanders is guilty because he came out and this was a few years ago. He came out and he called Republicans murderers because of health care. And someone actually went to a baseball game and shot up a bunch of Republican congressmen. Yeah. He's inciting just as much violence. So then he's guilty. Barack Obama is guilty because he called all of the police officers racist. And then people started running up to cop cars and shooting inside the cop car. People started killing cops because Barack Obama incited racist issues between police and, and black people. Yeah. So if Trump's guilty, then Obama's guilty. What I'm trying to tell you is that there are there are incidents on all sides of the political aisle. And that's because the rhetoric has gotten so venomous and so ridiculous and so bad that it's to a level that I don't know that it's ever been. And when you have people with mental health issues seeing this stuff, you know, when you when you when you say, oh, I've been to the border and kids are in cages and we got to do something to get these kids out of cages. You're going to inspire people to take action. Mm-hmm. And mental health, people who suffer from mental health, which is anybody who would who would brandish a gun at anybody, okay, you have to have mental health issues to do that. These are the types of people who are seeing this and hearing this and acting on it. Yeah. And I'm all about free speech. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be able to say what you feel. Absolutely. That's what makes this country... When you take free speech away, you take America away. The country deteriorates when we lose free speech. The government gains control when we lose the ability to speak out against the government. We also lose control when the government takes all of the guns, because then if tyranny rises in the government, we have no ability to stand up against it. That's why the Second Amendment is there. And anyone who tells you that the Second Amendment, and I'm I'm transitioning into this because guns is the first thing to blame. Anybody who tells you that the Second Amendment is antiquated, I would be very concerned about that person's motives. You know, why do you want me to believe that it's antiquated? It's not antiquated. It's more necessary than ever because I see these people running for office and I don't trust a damn one of these people to do the right thing. No, no. And I fear for my rights when you give speeches telling me that you're going to take them away. I fear for my rights when you censor my thoughts and my opinions because I don't agree with you. And that that happens. That happens on Google. That happens on Twitter. That happens on Facebook. They silence us because they disagree with us. Yeah, they do. And they call it dangerous. They say, well, it's dangerous rhetoric. You're inspiring violence as they inspire violence with their hate words. And their language. Because language... Here's the thing. I always used to argue language is words only have power when we give them power. Yeah. I can say whatever word I want, but it doesn't have power until you give it power. It's all about your reaction to the word. And that's true. Okay? But there are certain words that come with a certain amount of power. Because we've given that word power, or our actions have given that word power. Racist is one of those words. But the left throws that word around as if it's the word dummy or, you know, um, basically it's a replacement for the word Republican now. Yeah, it is. That's a dangerous culture that we live in. And that's the culture that we've created. And I want to say that that's 
that's kind of that's complicit in this no i mean really it is because like just the word racism used to have such a heavy meaning to it like you would want to stay as far away from anything that could be considered racist as possible but now they're throwing around that word like they're throwing t-shirts out of a t-shirt gun at a baseball game they're just chucking it out there uh uh, instances and scenarios and towards people who aren't even racist in the least bit i mean it's like you have people calling you racist on twitter i I mean they have no idea what your background is what my background is if they did they would know i'm not a racist and and same with me like we both have family members who are african-american absolutely i was raised by an african-american man yes and like my aunt was adopted she's african-american i have cousins and other relatives and relatives by marriage and there's not a racist bone in me but yet they just chuck around this word like it's nothing and it's extremely hurtful it's it's it is dangerous yeah because again it inspires action i worry about that i do i don't want to take their speech away i that's the last thing i want to do but i worry about that they just need to to tone it down they need to reel it back in and take a serious look at what they're we doing. all do because trump's guilty because listen i'm i'm gonna throw i will not be the person who will defend everything that that my oh, pe- yeah my party does no not at all trump is just as guilty of this on twitter yes i i agree with you they both are and i know that he's playing the game like they are because there's a narrative they're trying to push and they want to push it and they all want to do it for a political game that's even more disgusting but we have to, to, at some point, look, people died. And if we can't unify around the fact that people died, we can't even mourn it without taking jabs at each other. What the hell's wrong with us? Well, it's not even 30 seconds passes after something like this. And they're, they're already like, what's the motive? Yeah. What, what, what political leanings did he have? And it, it's like, come on, guys. Like, the tra- tragedy. I think that. The people who are taking advantage of it are the worst of the worst. Okay. Yeah, which tends to be the media. Well, yes, and we'll we'll pivot into that in a second. But the Democratic candidates are also taking advantage of this. Well, yeah, because it fits their narrative. But and they're using it to push their agenda. Yeah. So blood, they're using blood to push their agenda. When you let me let me just say this, and I'll say this to anybody I know. Because I mean this, and I'm not trying, again, I'm not trying to be vile, and I probably am a little bit by saying this, but it is honestly the truth. All politicians lie. All politicians are scumbags. We all know that, right? They're all scumbags. It's just the truth. You have to be a certain level of screwed up and a certain level of evil to want that power. That being said, it takes a special kind of piece of crap to take advantage of dead people to get what they want. And that's what we see. And I, I would I would I would challenge anyone, anyone in the world who well, anyone in the United States, including my friends, and I will challenge them. I will, because I think this this deserves to be challenged. I would challenge anyone who's stepping into that ballot box in November and pushing that button for one of these candidates to think, do you really want someone who's sitting in that office who is willing to take advantage of someone else's pain to push a political agenda. Can you live with yourself if you do that? 
I know I'd have a hard time. That's just me, but yeah, I would have a hard time. And I'm going to look at my friends and our family, and I'm going to ask them that question before they go vote. Because I want them to think about this. And the worst of all is Beto O'Dork. He's the worst one. He's out there, of course, in El Paso, shedding fake tears. He's out there in El Paso hugging, because that's his, that's his area. Hugging people. He said he's on CNN saying, cussing, because that makes him real cool, Mr. 1%, because that's what he's polling at. Trying to, he's, he's, he's out there crying. He said, oh, I had to call my wife and my kid as if his millionaire wife would be at Walmart in El Paso. Yeah. She wouldn't, okay? It's not a Whole Foods. And he's he's pretending. He's out there, duh, Trump better not come to El Paso. I'm, t- you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's just, you can see how fake it is and how disgusting it is that he's out there trying to, to salvage his, his presidential run by taking advantage of his constituents and fake hugging people and well, fake being out there. And, that, and you know just how fake it is because you don't see a single one of these people in Dayton. Cory Booker's just as bad. He has this press conference. He's out there claiming, you know, this is all Trump's fault with his big eyes and his angry face. He's out there, this is Trump's fault. And then Trump apologizes. I don't accept his apology because it doesn't match my political narrative. He's also, it's all of them. They're all out there doing it. Apparently Biden has some sort of press conference today in Iowa because Lord knows we need Joe Biden to talk to us about racism as if he's ever experienced any racism in his life. Mr. White bread, old ass Joe Biden, who was probably a racist at one point in his life, is going to lecture us, the, the country, on how we need to be more accepting of black people. Because you pal around with Al Sharpton, the biggest race baiter in the world. Oh, Al Sharpton, by the way, also responsible for a few murders in his day. So let's let's back it up. Anyways, that's me getting a little angry. So I'm gonna step back and I'm gonna I'm gonna take us somewhere else. So Kelly mentioned the media, and I want to start there because I think I think not guns. Guns have been around for a, for a long, long time, and these mass shootings have not taken place. Ever, you know, all guns have been around forever. Okay. And we have not run into these mass shootings before Columbine, really. Yeah. So I'm not going to blame guns. I'm also alternatively alternatively going to stay away from blaming mental illness. Though I think mental illness is a very large problem in this country. Very oh, yeah. large. It has also been around for hundreds and hundreds of years since the dawn of man. And again, these mass shootings are relatively newer. They're a relatively modern thing. So I'm going to stay away from that. I think all gun violence involves mental health. I think that Kelly has an interesting statistic. Why don't you tell us what that is about suicide and gun violence real quick? Oh, that 61% of all gun violence in the United States is from suicide. So there are over 36,000 Americans that are killed each year by gun violence, which is about 100 gun deaths per day. And of those, 61%, so more than half of those deaths every year are from suicide. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that right there is mental illness. In order to suicide yourself, you have to be mentally ill. Normal, sane people do not go, you know, I'm going I'm to kill myself. That's what I'm going to do today. No, they don't. They don't. They don't think those thoughts. They don't have those feelings. So, let's just assume that mental illness is a cloud that hangs over what I'm going to discuss. Because let's say that that 
mental ill people live mentally ill people live in this country and i want to talk about why those mentally ill people because we're going to assume that all mentally ill people not all but we're going to assume that all of these shooters have some level of mental illness because you have to right that's a fair assumption yes to go and kill people to kill anybody yes so we're going to assume that they all have mental illness so let's talk about how did we get here what created this this world in which mass shooting is commonplace so commonplace that you hear about it over the weekend at a family gathering and you don't bat an eye because you're just used to it so let's talk about that so you mentioned kelly the media yes because the media is taking advantage of this big time to push the oh yeah narrative. they are cnn msnbc they're they're i hate to say they're loving this but they're loving this because this is gold to them yeah this is an example of racism that maybe they can pin on donald trump even though this guy's manifesto said it's not trump's fault it actually verb it said that it was literally written out in there that i'm not doing this because of donald trump but yeah written they're gonna, in the manifesto yeah but they're going to perpetuate it they're doing they that won't. they're doing that they're putting all the little idiot dim dim candidates on there with their faces as they perpetuate their hate you know yeah um but anyways so so that's that's number one. Number one is the 24-hour news cycle that we live in. Number one is the media pushing things that aren't real. Yeah. Yeah. They're telling a story. I mean, the media is sitting there telling people that these shootings, while they do happen much more frequently than they used to, they're making it seem like this is an everyday occurrence when in reality... The mass shootings account for less than 1% of all gun violence. Less than 1%. And yet you would think that it was happening 100% of the time. Every day. And maybe in Chicago it is happening every day. But, you know, every day you would think this type of thing happens. And yeah, but it doesn't. And they really dramatize it. If you ever watch the media when these things happen, right, they, they send a reporter on scene. So you got the reporter down there and... In El Paso. He's mm-hmm. there. Like he's going to do anything. Like he has any reason to be there at all. Yeah. But no, he's there. He's, don't worry, guys. CNN's got a reporter there. Don't worry. Everything's under control. The reporter is there. Okay? I don't know what he's doing there. I don't know what he can report on that he can't report on back in wherever the hell CNN is headquartered. What's he doing there? But they descend. They send them down and then they, they put the, the, when they do it, you know, they always, and they do this with weather too. It's, it's really kind of funny when it's weather, but I mean, it's not because people die, but it's funny how they like, they like put dramatic music and they have like uh, scenes that they've edited together mm-hmm. where it's like, a, 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 you know, victims and the, maybe the killer's face and they've got like this dramatic music. And it's like they're really like dramatizing this and making it into a show. This is like a television show now. Yeah, just like they did for the introduction of the debates. And I think they that a video de- yeah, they did. I think that desensitizes us a little bit. Yeah, it does. When right? you make it look all put together and edited, it, you're taking away from what it really is. You're taking the reality out of it. Yeah. Right. This is a real. This is a real thing. It's grounded in realism, and instead, you are making it dramatic and making it feel like a TV show. Yeah. So then we, it desensitizes us a lot because we watch TV shows that have pretty graphic, horrific things, and we're desensitized now. Yeah. Right? Also, the news is nonstop now. 
It's, it's, all, it's going all the time. News, 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 news. Back in the day, you used to have 4, 6, and 10 or whatever your local channels are. And you would have Walter Cronkite or somebody. Maybe you'd have like one national evening news, right? Mm-hmm. And you'd watch it and that's, that's what it is. But your news was more local. Um, you had the newspaper. You could read that. But you didn't have it 24 hours a day. There weren't 24-hour updates on what was no. going on. Okay? No, you had the news between like 5 and 9 in the morning and then like 5 and 8 at night. But now that it's, was it. it's constant. It's all the time. And these, these killings, they happen in clusters. It's a cluster effect. You can Google it. And, and what that means is that you'll have usually more than one mass shooting at a time. Yeah. So you'll have a mass shooting, then you'll have another one, maybe a third. And they're clustered because what happens is it's a phenomenon where mentally ill people will see these on TV and then they'll, they'll, they'll use it as the basis to, to them doing it. Yeah, to take action. They see the killer getting fame. They see the killer getting, you know, all this notoriety and attention, and they want that. And so so they do the same thing. Well, that and they see, like, oh, this person went out and did what I want to do, like, what I've been thinking about. Yeah. So they're, they're like, empowered for some odd reason to go and do it. Well, what's interesting is when you read manifestos or notes or whatever from shooters, they usually reference previous shooters and previous yeah, incidents. Yeah, because they, they idolize those people. And even if they don't idolize them, they, they, they try and learn from them, and they take them as a... As a basis, if Columbine was the first, you could say that every mass shooting that happened after Columbine was somehow inspired by Columbine. Can you imagine if Columbine never happened? Like, what kind of world we'd be in right now? I don't know, because I'm sure it would have... It would have. I mean, it eventually it probably would have happened, but if Columbine is the first one that we... I don't know if it's rem- the first. I don't know if it's, it's the first, like, but it's like, the yeah, most recent. It's definitely the most... It's the one that permeates the most, because yeah. it's the one that I can remember yeah. more than anything. Um. But yeah, so I, I think that the news and the media definitely plays a role in this. And again, I don't want to take away any, I don't want to take away the media's ability to report on these things because that's what they're there for. But at the same time, you know, don't mention the killer's name. What if we never mentioned the killer's name? What if we never talked about the killer? Do we need to? No, we don't need to know about the, the killer, how they were brought up, what their political affiliations are. What we need to know about is these victims these these people that have had their lives taken away like what about them yeah they never get mentioned no they're just a number they're the one of the 21 they're now you can mention motive if you want to come out and you want to say look the killer left us or whatever we have this the motive of this killing was you know xyz his girlfriend broke up with him or he didn't like his sister or he was a big Elizabeth Warren supporter or whatever. I mean, you can say if it's politically motivated and there's evidence there that it's politically motivated, fine. But not all killings are politically motivated. No. All right. I, I also hate how they say they're the right wing. You know, just because you're a, a white supremacist, you're far right wing. I disagree with that. I, I think that maybe I have a different view of what conservatism is, but I would not call a neo-Nazi a conservative in my opinion. No. Small government, limited government, you know, freedom, liberty. These are things that conservatives care about. God, country, you know, these are these are the things that permeate conservatism and that, that you know, that, that conservatism is founded on. Family tradition, um, traditional family values. I, I wouldn't necessarily call a neo-Nazi someone who has traditional family values, okay? <laughs> no. Yeah, No, absolutely. they're just an, uh, their own class of absolutely. people. Yeah. So, and they threaten right-wing people too. I mean, just ask Ben Shapiro about that. They threaten right, neo-Nazis threaten right-wing people as well. 
Okay, people who would be considered right wing. Yeah. All right. It's on both sides. Anyway, so so the 24-hour news cycle, the news, the media, the way that they report on stories, this all has an effect because we're consuming this. And 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 you trust the media. The media is you trust the media. You believe that it's journalism even when it's opinion. Like and that's because the media sells it as journalism. So you have people like Don Lemon and Don Lemon is they call him a journalist, but he's not a journalist, right? He's a pundit. He's a guy who gives a slanted view to to defend the narrative that he wants you to see. Yet again, allowing the politics to infiltrate the news. So maybe the like maybe, just tell the news. Maybe the thing is we need to stop. I mean, you can have your opinion shows because I listen to mine and I, I enjoy know. Them. But if I want to watch the news, I want to just watch the news. I don't want to hear your political leanings. Well, that's why you should separate the two. Yeah, they need to be separated. It's just like more like politics just becoming a part of something else. Like it, you know, just like what we were talking about earlier. And the critics call all these things that we're talking about cop-outs. They say it's all guns. Guns, 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 guns. And all of this is cop-outs. And I'm, again, I'm not against legislation against guns that makes sense. So these red flag laws, I think they make sense. To me, they make sense. I understand why some conservatives don't want them because they don't want judges to be able to determine who can have a gun and who can't because judges are corrupt and judges also have political leanings. Um, they also don't want crazies like your left-wing neighbor, to be able to call and say that your Trump sign makes them feel threatened, so we're going to take away all your guns because you're clearly a threat because you have a Trump sign. So yeah. I get it. I yeah. definitely get it because I could see those two things happening. But I, I think, in my opinion, they make sense as long as they're 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 controlled and there, there are proper precautions in there to make sure that that type of crap doesn't happen. Um, but I think we can all agree on that, right? Background checks don't typically work because not all of these shooters have prior criminal records. So No, and then and even then if they do have a criminal record and if it's something related to violence, then you have laws like Brady laws in place to prevent that person from owning or purchasing a firearm. So a lot of these people don't even have criminal backgrounds. I had a background check when I bought my guns. Yeah, you did. And I bought mine online. Which yeah. they say is a loophole, but no, I had to have them delivered to a gun dealer. You get to a gun store, and, and you I had, had to go to pick it up. And I had to go pick them up, and they had to do background checks And you had to show your ID yep. and all of that. Yep. So, so another thing I want to talk about, there are a few, and then we've only covered one, and it's 41 minutes, um, is the internet and the role that the internet plays in all of this. You know, the internet's great for many things. We have knowledge right at our fingertips. You know, things that we, we that would have taken us days to research before or look up. We can now look up in the in the matter of minutes. It's right there. It's brilliant. It's also controlled and censored, whether you believe Extremely. it is or not. Yes. Uh, we know that because we tried to look up statistics for this show. And if you Google these things, the only thing you get is anti-right wing stuff. Yeah, it was just CNN, CNN, and then all these other articles about right-wing people i had to go to page five of my google search to find the first non-political leftist article or a statistic like i had to dig for it so i worry about the internet because the internet provides a uh, viewpoint again you think you're getting an unbiased free search but you're not so people who control the internet control the most important thing in the world and that's information yeah, and it's like, and the people looking at this information, and unless they actually know who these internet sources, they're they're going to think that they're getting fair and unbiased information, but they may not know that what the Washington Post is is, is liberal or, or whatever, you know, yeah. like unless you're educated on CNN. that. Yeah. So that's that's a big thing. I I that's one thing. All right, whatever. 
The other thing is the internet has, through social media, has has changed society. Mm-hmm. Probably more than the majority of anything. I mean, wow. Like, the world is so different today than it was even 10 years ago. Probably more than people realize. I mean, we are constantly glued to our phones. We are a yep. society of of phones we're plugged in you know if the matrix was ever real it's real now because we're all plugged into these virtual worlds that we live in and what does that do what does that do well it desensitizes us to to humanity doesn't it we we eventually get into a position where we make decisions because on the internet that we wouldn't make in real life we have conversations on the internet that we wouldn't have in real life because to us we are talking to a text box you don't you don't know you don't realize that a person is on the other end of that because they're not i mean to, when you're there they're not it's it's like a text box you can type anything you want in that text box so i think what the inter- what makes the internet dangerous is it takes away our our humanity it, it steals our humanity and it steals our ability to interact with other humans yeah your ability to converse with people yes not even just that but but see people as people yeah and and that's dangerous when when you live in a world where you don't empathize because that ability has been taken away from you that's that's crazy we're all bots just walking around right programmed bots who are glued to our phones and get all of our information from our phones and our world is our phone and when we're when we're we're forced to talk to somebody in real life we're awkward we don't know how to do it because we're so used to our phone and we're so used to, to to not viewing humanity as humans and i think that's more dangerous than just about anything because when you lose the the idea that other people are human beings with families and lives and backstories and when you lose that it's so much easier to make bad decisions yeah to harm these people because they're not people they're bots so i think the internet is part of the blame particularly social media and i can't actually i'm very interested too because a lot of the suicide rate is blamed on 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 things and i can't wait to see studies on how social media affects our minds 10 20 30 years down the road from today i'll be very interested to see if the escalated suicide rate that we see especially among teens is not because of gender identity or all these other stupid things that are actually a result of mental illness but if they are instead inspired by social media and our loss of our humanity. And I'll be very interesting to see this, interested to see those studies 20 or 30 years down the road. The third thing I want to talk about is broken homes. Broken homes. I think I saw a statistic, a very alarming statistic. And I know it's young white men that are the majority of the people doing these. But... 70% of African Americans grow up without fathers. Yeah, I saw that too. And I don't know what the statistic is with whites, but I just find it very interesting that we live in a world where we've glorified single motherhood. We've we've put it up on a pedestal. Single mothers are heroes, right? Men are evil. Fathers are bad. Fathers are terrible. They're the root of all problems. All fathers are, are awful, awful men who need to be banished so that a single mom, God bless that single mom, working single mom, raising her kid by herself, you know, she's a hero, isn't she? Oh, yeah. You know, the real heroes are the ones who are able to work through their problems and keep their marriage together so that they can raise their kids in a home, a loving home with both parents. Because these broken homes, this is also a relatively modern thing. 
Well, that and you have women, or not even just women, but you have people having children outside of the confines of marriage, which just attributes more to that broken home scenario because there may never be a dad in the picture. Yep. Yep. And and, and that's the other thing. Like, I, I just, what effect does that have on a child? Now, I grew up in a broken home, so I can speak to this a little bit. Um, I don't know what effect it had on me, but I can tell you that it did. Some of my issues that I've had in my adulthood and in my young ages, right? I was lucky. I made it through. I didn't have any really serious issues, but I did. I do do have things, right? I have ghosts. I have skeletons. I have demons. We all do. And, and I, I don't want to cop out and say, oh, all those is because my daddy left. You know, that's not true. But I would be lying. I would be remiss if I said that I wasn't affected by not having my father in the home. Now, I was very lucky and that my stepdad stepped in and raised me. So I did have a male figure. There was a little period there where I didn't. And my dad wasn't the greatest person on earth. So I, I had that. But but I'd be, you know, it's just interesting to think like, you know, what effect does that have on someone's mind when you don't have both parents there? Especially if your mom is saying all this bad stuff about your dad. Or your dad saying all this bad stuff about your mom, you know? It's just, it's interesting. And it's its its something that you can correlate because while there's always been divorce, just like there's always been guns, it's fair to say that, that modern times, that's way more commonplace than it was. Oh, yeah, it even is. Even 30 years ago. Yeah, like both our parents were, are divorced. And I and... think that's, that's so there's, there's a correlation. And I find it interesting because I, I, I don't know the statistic and I don't know if the statistic is available. But these shooters, I would be very interested to see how many of them come from broken homes. Yeah. I would. Um, the other thing is drugs. We are a, an addicted society. We are, are a society addicted to many drugs. Everyone, most people are. Even myself. I, I live a pretty straight-edge lifestyle. Um, I don't drink. I, I I did smoke a long time ago, unfortunately, but I quit that. I, I But we're all addicted to chemicals. There's chemicals in all of our food. Why is it that I can give up smoking and I cannot eat bad at all? I eat very clean, yet I can't stop drinking Diet Pop. Yeah. There's something in that that I'm addicted to. Caffeine. I can't go throughout the day without having 50 cups of coffee because I'm so addicted to caffeine that my need for it has escalated. And now the levels of caffeine that I'm consuming are way more than I, I, they, they escalate throughout my life. It's escalated. It's like you wake up on the weekend just craving coffee because you're getting a caffeine headache for not having it. So, so that's just like the, the, the most common ones, but we're, we're addicted. The opioid crisis is real and it is awful. Many people to blame for that. I'm not going to do that. We could have a whole episode about that. But it's real. And what are these drugs? What effect are these drugs having on our brains? They're having an effect. They alter our mental state. They take us out of place of consciousness where we're, we're in charge of our own actions. How much of that stays with you? When you when you start to use drugs, how much, even when you're in control, how much are you really in control? Yeah. You know? I, I just, I find there's another correlation, right? That we've become more of an addicted society. Well, and then at the same time, you have company or things like Big Pharma who are pushing people to become addicted to, to drugs. Yes, that's the part of the blame. Yeah. 
I mean, that that's somewhere where I, you can easily point blame and, and place blame on because you have, have doctors over-prescribing people and then it just starts a cycle of addiction. It just, it's, a, it's a terrible path. Yeah. And finally, the biggest cloud that hangs over all of this and the biggest reason why I feel like we it's only going to get worse and we're going to continue to see this, and that is because we have lost our relationship with God. As a country as a world, but as a country, we have lost our way. And you see that. Church is, is rare when, when you and I don't even go as much as I think we should. No. And when we did, when we do, it's not like the building's full, okay? No, it's, 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 it's not. not. And, and most of the people there are elderly people. Some of that is the church being out of touch, with youth in America. I think anybody who goes to a church, if you sit through one of those services, I could see why young people don't want to do that. Like, I definitely could see how young people are not interested in uh, knitting classes and, uh, you know, videos that are kind of corny and, and old hymns. I get it. So, there's that. But there's also just... We are, we are encouraged to step away from God anymore. Yeah, you are. Throughout our entire lives, throughout our entire day, there are many instances that want to pull you away from God. You're, you're, matter of fact, you're, you're vilified and you're made fun of for believing in God by, by Hollywood, by the media. You know, those dumb Christians and their goofy beliefs. It, it's really dangerous. It's probably the, the, the biggest thing. I think, because all of these things that we've talked about are all examples of how we've stepped away from God, broken homes, a loss of traditional family values, no purpose in life. Many of, of us, especially young men who don't have fathers, who can't learn lessons with a broken education system that only wants to teach you about things you will never use in your daily life and who wants to fill your head with left-wing propaganda but a broken education system that you can't trust, parents who don't want to raise their kids, who, who rely on that broken education system to raise their kids because they don't have time, because they're a working mom, because they couldn't work things out with their husband, or they couldn't work things out with their wife and they're a working dad. These types of things, A, they don't have time for religion, and B, they turn away from God because they blame God. Even though they should blame themselves, they blame God. And... and it scares me that we as a society have lost that sense of faith because without that sense of faith, without that relationship with God, without that bond with our creator, we have no purpose. And when you have no purpose, you walk around as a vessel, an aimless vessel. And then all of this corruption can consume you. And it can take your heart. And I know I sound like a what's-her-face when I say this stuff. Oh, uh, well, These dark Williamson. forces can get inside of you, but it's true. It's true. Because if you don't have that wall, that relationship with God to help fight off these demons, you will be consumed by them. We are not strong enough to do this by ourselves. And we right now are a society who very much wants to do this by ourselves, who very much is purposelessness. Look at all the millennials who live at home with their parents. They can't even grow up. Because yeah. they have no purpose. Look at, um, you know, all, all of all of this, the, I almost said sin, but it's true. All of the sin in the world. 
You see examples of it every day in your daily life. We're all guilty of it. None of us are perfect. But if we would just take a second, if we would just allow ourselves, if we would stop vilifying Christ and people who believe in Christ, people who follow Christ, and we allow ourselves to to re-engage with our creator, maybe some of this would go away. Yeah, it's possible. And I think that's the biggest thing, isn't it? Because that's that's over everything. Through God, we find our purpose. Through God, we find strength. There's no time in your life, like when you're down, and you find the Lord, that you get lifted up. And I know that because I've been there. Yeah. I've been down. I've been in really dark places in my life. And it's weird how when we're in really dark places, we do look to God to, maybe not everyone, but I certainly did, to pull us out of that dark place. And man, if you let him, you really, 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 I honestly say this as someone who's talking through experience, you will get out of that dark place because God will be there for you. He will be there to lift you up. Now you need to face your demons. That's you. But he will give you the strength to face those demons. Because through God, you find that power in yourself. And you know, you know what? No matter what, God's got my back and I'm going to get through this. And now, stepping outside of that religion, I want to give people this advice too. Talk to people. Because people care about you. Even if you feel like they don't, there is someone who cares about you. I promise you that. So just talk to people, you know, but church is a great place to start. You got nothing? No, I'm just listening to you talk. I told you, don't let me babble on. (laughs) No, I mean, I like listening to you talk. You have (laughs) idea. Well, thanks. No, I mean, you just have an eloquent eloquent way of putting words together. Well, we got to end on that note because I don't think we're going to get any better than me getting a compliment to end this show. But listen, I care about this country. I am a very patriotic person. I'm a very passionate person, and I want to help. I want everybody to get better. And I want us to start working on solutions to these problems. Let's stop fighting with each other for five damn minutes. Can we shut the hell up? Can we stop calling each other names? Can we stop the political BS? I know it's, it's hard for me to do, too, because I care passionately about those feelings, too. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's all about solutions. And you know how we find solutions? We usually find them in the middle somewhere, and we usually find them working together. So if we could just put aside these differences and get to working, get to thinking, and get to writing some damn laws that make actual sense and that don't rob us of all of our liberties, maybe we'll solve a damn problem while we're at it. The other thing is... Maybe we'll start to like each other again, which is something we really, really need to do. Because even these idiots have good qualities about them. We need them. We need liberals. I know that's dirty and I need a shower now, but we do. We need them because we need compassionate hearts. We need people who think with their feelings to make us who think with our brains look so much smarter. (laughs) And that's how I'm going to end the show. Mic drop. Mic drop. (laughs) All right, listen. If you like that, give them the plugs. If you like that, make sure that you follow us on Twitter at 
Vegan Wing, you can email us at rwvegan at gmail.com, and you can visit our website at rwvegan.com. And don't even get me started on how heart disease is the actual number one killer in this country, and nobody cares or talks about it. We talk about shooting. We talk about all this stuff. We don't talk about the biggest problem, which is heart disease caused by ourselves, because 99% of heart disease is caused by all of the fat that we eat. I'm done. That's it. That's my little vegan point in this, okay? <laughs> that's, that's, I had to give you a- You got it in we there. We are the right wing vegan. I had to at least throw a little bit of vegan propaganda in there at the end. Yes, I like Plus, it. Plus, this was such a dark episode. I wanted to go a little fun right there. So, thank you, everybody. I hope you have a great week. We'll be back with the weekend update this weekend. Maybe we'll have some good news. You know what? I'm going to scour the news. And I'm going to find myself on the dark web and someone's going to steal my identity. But after that happens, I'm going to get off the dark web. I'm going to go back to some website. I'm going to find a good piece of news that we can talk about this weekend. Ooh, Something yeah. good is happening in the world. I promise it is right now. We're going to find we, some puppies. we are going to talk about it this weekend. <laughs> so with that being said, everybody have a great week. And we'll see you again. Ne- well, we'll talk to you again next time.